0: Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference.
1: Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 15, verses 29 through 32. This is a smaller set of verses within a larger section about the crucifixion of Jesus. It's also a section that's paralleled in the book of Matthew. and We did a devotion on the broader section back in episode 584. That's Matthew 27, verses 32 through 44. You can go check that out for kind of a broader overview. Here in Mark's version of the same text, we're drilling down... Down on specific parts a little bit more in depth to see what the Lord might have for us when we take this section in more bite-sized chunks. So here's chapter 15 verses 29 through 32. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ who is King of Israel, let the Christ, the King of of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. So here you have people mocking Jesus while he's hanging on the cross and what they're saying is betraying their ignorance. First of all, the whole accusation that they've made against him, that they repeat again here, that he said he would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days is false. Jesus never said he would destroy the temple. He said if the temple is destroyed I'll rebuild it in three days. And what he was referring to, of course, is his body and it's in the process of being destroyed as this text is playing out. He's hanging on the cross. Not only that, but it will be rebuilt in three days. He will be resurrected in three days. But the people who are saying this are just repeating things they've heard or they're saying things that they never understood in the first place. And when you slow down and listen to them, they sound foolish. Another foolish thing they're saying is that he saved others, but he can't save himself. So this is amazing. This is from the scribes and the chief priests. They're acknowledging that Jesus saved others. And he did. He healed blind people. He healed healed lepers, he healed paralytics, he raised dead people back to life. There are many accounts of Jesus saving others. You would think that their awareness of this and their acknowledgement that it actually happened would convince them that there's something different about this guy that is worth my attention, worth my commitment, worth my listening to what he says about who he is. But they're not willing to hear any of that because Jesus came claiming to be the son of God in a way that looked different and that upset their systems. So therefore, they're not willing to buy any of it, despite the fact that they saw with their own eyes that he saved others. Then they say he cannot save himself. The fact is, not that he can't save himself, but that he won't save himself. Because God's redemptive plan from the beginning of time has been that this perfect son of God, Jesus, would have to come and live a sinless life, thus fulfilling the righteous requirements of God's law in a way that no human would ever be able to, and this perfect sacrifice would have to die with the burden of sin's penalty on him, thus paying the just penalty for sin so that on the third day he could be resurrected and so that anybody who put their faith and trust in Christ could receive his perfection receive the penalty paid and stand holy and blameless before God redeemed to their creator. Jesus isn't hanging on the cross because he can't get down. He's not even hanging on the cross because he couldn't have avoided it in the first place. Of course he could have. He's hanging on the cross because he won't get down. But again, that's lost on these people. Then they go on to sarcastically refer to him as the Christ and the King of Israel, which they don't believe that he is, they never have. And then they put this pretty narrow stipulation on him and say, hey, if you'd come down from the cross now, then we would see and then we would believe. This is laughable. They've had plenty of times to see amazing things that Jesus has done to validate his claims, but they've rejected all of them. If you come down from this cross, then we'll see that you are who you say you are, and then we will believe. We're not willing to believe all the other stuff that we've seen, but if you do this one thing on our terms, like you're a genie in a bottle, then we'll get on board. And the truth is, even then If he had done as they wished, they would find a reason to justify not following him or not believing him. These might be some of the same people who not long after the resurrection were trying to kill Jesus' disciples who were going around telling people that he had risen from the dead. There's no miracle that's going to convince them to trust that he's the Messiah. So Jesus isn't going to accommodate them, whether it's coming down off the cross right then or giving them a miraculous sign earlier in his ministry. And this gets to the heart of what I want to mention in today's devotion. I wonder if there's anyone listening today who has had what I call a subjective faith. Because God hasn't come to you in the way that you want him to come to you, because he hasn't revealed himself to you in the way you want him to reveal himself to you, or more broadly, because he's allowed certain things to happen in your life that have been painful, or because he hasn't allowed certain things to happen in your life that you want to happen, you're holding out on it. Yeah, there might be evidence of God's existence. Yeah, there might be evidence of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But I'm not really into all that. Because my dreams haven't been fulfilled, or because my dad wasn't around when I was a kid, or because I was abused, or because I lost a loved one, or because things haven't played out the way that I would think a good God would have them play out for me in my life. Listen, friends, God is near the brokenhearted. But if you're holding out on becoming completely committed to Jesus Christ and the cause of his kingdom until the factors in your life line up in such a way that convince you that God is good and worthy of your commitment, stop being like the scribes and the chief priests. God is worthy of all of us. Us because of who he is. Christ is worthy of all of us because of what he has done our preferences or our life circumstances have no bearing on the worthiness of God for us to be totally committed to him. We all have an ability in our hearts, just like these chief priests and scribes are displaying back here, to believe that if God would do things on our terms, our life would be more fulfilled. The fact is, in our natural condition, we have no idea what is best for us or what would be most fulfilling. And the path to true fulfillment, meaning purpose, is total commitment to Jesus Christ and the cause of the gospel on earth. So let's do this this on his terms, not expect him to do it on our terms, and prepare to be amazed at how that plays out for the rest of our lives. Have a good day.
0: The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which has aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives